0: Back when I was a kid, I used to love watching futuristic TV shows like The Six Million Dollar Man starring Lee Majors and The Bionic Woman starring Lindsay Wagner. Their characters were surgically enhanced with high-tech whiz-bang body parts that were way cooler than regular body parts and, of course, allowed our heroes to perform feats of superhuman strength and agility. So, okay, fast forward to today when that high-tech whiz-bang technology is actually a real thing and they're working on it right now in a lab at the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Paul Marasco is the director of their laboratory for bionic integration and he tells us they developed a hand and arm that sounds so amazing it could be science fiction but in actuality is pretty darn close to becoming a real product in the not too distant future.
1: Is this something that people wear all the time? Is it actually grafted onto their arm, or is it something they take on and off? How does this work?
2: It's actually something that they take on and off. The really interesting part of the arm system that we built is that it really fits into the package of a a regular prosthetic limb. And so when you look at it, you don't actually see that it's an advanced system. All of the computing and all the robotics and all of that that stuff is, is essentially tucked away and hidden inside an arm that we actually purchased off the shelf. And then the neural machine interface that these individuals have, that's a surgical neural machine interface, and they've had their their limb nerves after their amputation redirected to new skin and muscle sites, and then the surgically redirected nerves then grow into the muscle and the skin, and they provide a sense of movement, like hand movement. They provide a sense of touch, and then they can also just be moved by thinking about them. And then the arm just fits right onto their arm like a normal prosthesis. There's no wires, there's nothing embedded, there's no hardware, none of that stuff. It's all pretty easy to put on and take off.
1: So this sounds a little bit complicated to me. Let me me go back and kind of try to parse through what you said. It looks just like a regular prosthesis. I got that part. But then you said there was a surgical component. So tell me about the surgery that the people undergo. And then how do you go from having surgery to being able to control this device with your mind?
2: So the surgery is called targeted re and it was developed about 15 years ago in Chicago. We work with a group that's in Alberta, Canada, and they have a surgical reinnervation program. And then we also have individuals that we've worked with for years from Chicago. And essentially the way it works is that after you've had an amputation, your limb nerves that used to connect to your hand and arm are still there, they're just not doing anything. And so what the surgeons can do is then essentially take those out and reroute them to new muscles and skin that are left after the amputation, essentially muscle and skin that isn't really doing anything because it's no longer connected to the arm. And then after the surgeons move those nerves over, the nerves grow into the muscle and grow into the skin. And then when you touch places on their skin, they feel the touch on their fingers, not on their arm. And when they think about moving, the muscles twitch and then we can read the electrical signals from the muscles twitching, and then we map those to the different movements that they intend to make. And then the really interesting part about this is the signals for the muscles, the sensation that you used to have for your muscles moving, we can actually activate that as well. And so when these individuals move their hand, we can turn on a robot that provides them essentially an illusion of hand movement, a perceptual illusion of hand movement where they feel their hands moving through space. And all of these pieces are actually connected together and run simultaneously. So they think about moving, they feel touch from the fingers, and then they feel the movement of the hand as it moves into different hand positions.
1: So two questions, first being, does this have something to do with artificial intelligence? Is that part of this?
2: No, actually, the fun thing about what we do is it's relatively simple. We reroute the nerves, and then we have little, essentially little robots that sit in the prosthetic arm And when the individuals touch things with their fingers, the little robots, they run on their own kind of on a little Internet, and each one of the fingers is a station on the Internet inside the arm. And then whenever it feels touched from the fingers, the little robot then pushes on the skin in the right place and makes them feel like their fingers are being touched. And every time they move their hand, another little robot vibrates down into their muscles on their arm, and that's what gives them that sense of hand movement. And then every time that they think about moving their muscle contracts, and then it generates a little electrical signal that we can actually pick up with off-the-shelf prosthetic technology. So we've got little electrodes in there that listen for the electrical activity. So there's no real machine intelligence and no artificial intelligence. It's all relatively straightforward. But the neat thing about it is that these individuals feel that movement and feel that touch as though it's actually their hand. It's reactivating the, hands or the nerves that used to connect to the hands, and they interpret that as being their hand. In their movements.
1: That sounds really interesting to me, which brings up the second point. One of the things I've always heard that's one of the more unfortunate aspects of amputation is that people have this sense of still having a ghost limb, like the limb is no longer there, but they can still feel it. So is this invention kind of built on that idea that they can still feel things, but now there really is something they can feel with
2: that phantom limb. Yeah, I mean I think that's a really insightful way of putting it. You know, the phantom limb and their actual cuz it, it's actually the nerves that used to connect to their hand and arm, those kinds of coexist together. We find that when you touch them on their reinnervated skin, they interpret that based you know that is that's their hand. They feel they're feeling the touch that used to be in their hand and they just feel it in a different place. Same thing with the movement, and then same thing with the intent to move. So they think about moving, and they just think about moving in a normal way, and the the robotic prosthesis responds accordingly.
1: So that's really interesting, the idea that they can think about movement, and then the movement happens, And, and all of that happens because the nerves that connect to that part of the brain have been rewired. Is that right? That's
2: exactly true. And then the other piece of it, right, so the study that we published, the arm itself is actually a really small part of the whole study because the real technological advancement that we did is we built a series of functional metrics, essentially tests. They're advanced tests that are actually every bit as advanced as the technologies that they're testing. And they really show us how the brain and the nerves react to having an arm that's connected appropriately. So essentially, when the whole system is connected and everything works and it feels intuitive and it moves intuitively, then their brains automatically essentially revert to sort of the way that it worked before their amputation. Essentially, they they work like someone who who doesn't have an amputation instead of someone who's using a prosthesis.
1: Okay. So obviously, the, the next question is, how soon will people who have had amputations be able to use this technology?
2: The timeline is actually, it's getting pretty close. So, you know, the the surgeries themselves, this particular surgery that we've been talking about, is starting to be done in more centers, uh, in more places. There's different medical centers that are adopting it. Uh, An important part of actually getting the technology out into the public is being able to demonstrate that it actually works better than a traditional prosthetic limb. And so a huge step forward for us being able to say to clinicians and to payers and to insurance companies that that these devices really do work much, much better than a traditional prosthetic is actually the system of functional metrics that we built, because we can definitively say, yes, this actually works in a way that's different than a normal prosthesis, and it helps you in ways that we didn't anticipate or that you wouldn't normally anticipate. It helps you think more appropriately, think more reflexively, think more intuitively without having to compensate for the device. And so as the metrics are actually a big step forward in being able to demonstrate that these devices are useful. And the nice thing about them is that they're not, the, we didn't build the metrics just for our system. Our metrics actually can engage with any sensory motor upper limb deficit. So anything from different prosthetic systems to different types of prosthetics to stroke to limb damage or to nerve damage, to any kind of deficit.
0: That was Dr. Paul Marasco. He's the director of the Cleveland Clinic Research Foundation's Laboratory for Bionic Integration. You can read more about his new invention in the journal Science Robotics as well as at newsroom.clevelandclinic.org. And that's it for now. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. That was This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. Tune in next week for more tech news on 93.5-1590-WAKR and WAKR.net.